Hello, you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim on Tuesday, April 2nd. Actually, it's the 9th, isn't it? Okay, well, I'm one week behind. Wouldn't that be great if you just swing back a week or a month in your life? What I'd love to be able to do, of course, is go back and be 20, but have all the wisdom I have today. I'm probably the only person that's ever thought that. I don't know if it's anybody else has ever had that dream. Or if I could be Superman and spin the, other, the world the other direction, right? So anyways, if you're listening to this show on a different day, that means it's been pre-recorded or rebroadcast. Hi, I'm your host, Greg McKim. On Home Talk, we talk about just about anything that has to do with home ownership. That would be buying, selling, financing, insurance, maintenance, remodeling, new construction, rental properties, flipping, single-family homes, condos, you name it. I've worked in real estate-related industries since the 1970s. Experience includes anything and everything that is from pouring concrete, which, by the way, is really brutal work, to owning my own mortgage company. I am currently a licensed real estate broker with Rockwell Realty and a licensed loan originator with Loanzilla. My loan originator license is 106202, and the Loanzilla license is 67412. Now, I don't claim to know everything about home ownership. So I bring in guests periodically, and today our guest is Missy Lawson. Hi, Missy. Hi, Greg. From Flagstar Bank. Flagstar Bank is one of the lenders that Loanzilla is approved with, and Missy today is going to be talking about rehabilitation loans. These are the kind of loans you use to purchase a house that you want to update and or remodel, and you can roll the cost of doing that into the loan so you don't have to come out of pocket with the money. But before we get started, it's time for the Mortgage and Real Estate News Brief. I guess we should get some, some, some sound effects for that someday, Eric. Like, right, like that? Okay, but that's for the future. Well, today, let's talk a little bit about mortgage interest rates. Everybody always wants to know, what are mortgage interest rates going to do? So I'm going to get out the crystal ball. If we really had one, wouldn't that be great? Oh, yeah. If I could foretell what interest rates are going to do. I would be doing my show from my own island. <laughs> maybe I would and maybe not doing this job, right? <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I don't know if I'd ever stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. The That's joke in the mortgage industry is you have to have a screw loose <laughs> to stay in it, right? I mean, it is, it is, it is not. It's not. It's it's fun though. I like it. So interest rates. Okay. Remember, this is not an advertisement. I'm not advertising rates available from Loanzilla. Also, keep in mind that these are averages. It's not the annual percentage rate. And it's not reflective of all the rates that are available. But just to give you a general idea, 30-year fixed-rate mortgages are unchanged since last week at this time on April 2nd. Today is the 9th, by the way. And about a quarter higher than they were on March 26th. The, the rates still are roughly the lowest since they've been since mid-17. Now, for kick today, and this is kind of indicative of my brain, I, I don't know anybody would think this is fun. I was looking at the history of 30 mortgages since 1971. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That, that's the kind of guy you are. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I used to keep a daily chart of every single rate. No, oh, oh. Just, I don't do that anymore. I'm <laughs> less obsessive compulsive than I used to be. So um, I found that the lowest rate, now again, this is just a reflective average, was in November of 2012 at about three and a quarter. Remember wow. that? Huge yeah. refi boom. Now, Missy's goes way back in this industry, actually longer than I've been in it. Unbelievable. You've been in the industry since 86. Yes. And I got in the industry in 91. <laughs> so 
started as a temp receptionist. Yeah, and you worked your way up to? To then into processing. That's putting the files together, then a, a loan originator, and then into the wholesale side of it since 1990. See, I like she has done radio before because she explained what processing meant. And we'll talk a little bit about what wholesale means here in a minute, too. So then this is what a lot of my, especially my young clients, just cannot comprehend. In October of 1981, rates were 18.5%. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I remember when I got in the mortgage business in 91, we were refinancing people out of rates of 13 to 10, and they were doing backflips. Well, this is fantastic, 13 to 10. Then we, re- we took them from 10 to 8. Yes. We had a huge party when it went from double digits to single digits. Yes. That was a big yeah, day. Yeah. I think you have to correct. This is back when I was pounding nails, by the way, back in 81. I wasn't a mortgage rep. I mean, I didn't even know what a mortgage was. But um, I think if I might be wrong, but I think that's when they, they introduced adjustable rates. Because without adjustable rates, nobody could get a loan. Right. People couldn't afford it. Right? It was difficult, yes. And they had variable rates then. They, they didn't have any caps or anything. It was just tied to lower indexes, you know, which is a measuring device. So if you're currently in the midst of getting a home loan and want some advice about locking, first, I, I, I advise that you talk with your loan originator. Get some ideas. But here's some general rules of thumb. Interest rates really follow economic trends more than any other single, uh, what, what, what I'm looking for, any other single factor. That's what I'm looking for. Some people think, well, the Fed's raising rates. The Fed, well... I've, I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again. Sometimes the Fed will raise short-term rates, 30 mortgages go down. Sometimes the Fed lowers thir- uh, short-term rates, 30 mortgages go up. But the people who buy and sell the bonds that cause the interest rates on a 30-year mortgage to go up or down are watching for is erosion of their long-term investment. And so they're looking for whether or not it's going to be inflationary pressure, which erodes their investment, or deflationary, which is good for their investment. So the indicators that you want to watch for as a consumer, what's happening overall with the economy? If the economy seems to be heating up, the odds are rates are going to go up. If the economy seems to be slowing down, the odds are rates are going to go down. But right now, if I were going to be purchasing a home, I'd lock. We had a dip from December through March. It's bumped off that dip. And in the interest rate um, discussions, it's kind of like stocks. You have fundamentals, things like the economy, unemployment rates, inflation, and you have technicals. Technical factors, when you have a, we had a technical plateau recently, and I won't go into all that wonk. I'm not going to wonk you to death. But well, I would lock on a purchase right now, and if you're refinancing, I probably would lock, but if you don't really care that much, you might hold out, but I don't think it's getting much lower in the near future. Missy? You know, I would totally agree. I really liked how you, uh, great definition of interest rates and how they follow um, long-term and short-term uh, rates that get published many times when that happens it's the factor has already been built in so right. when they the feds announce lowering or raising we don't see it as a direct correlation to the rate sheet right because it is already factored in oh i can go back through the history of been in this industry where when the fed did one thing and it went the opposite the opposite was strong yeah and my clients would call me and say what 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 happened i tried to explain to them they said but i thought the, the rates are going up no they're right. going down yes exactly and as you know Back in the day, there were people in the mortgage industry who weren't highly ethical, who took <laughs> advantage of this. They would tell consumers, hey, rates went up. When they really went down, they'd pocket the money. Oh, gosh, yes. It was yeah. really, really sly. Those were not good times. No. And, Eric, what's your what's your opinion right now about what rates are doing? 
Yeah, they seem pretty decent at the moment. They haven't rocketed up too far. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they've edged up just a little bit from when I got my mortgage, um, but nothing that uh, would make me not consider buying a house if I were in the market at the moment. You know, that's a good point, is that um, buying a home is clearly somewhat dependent upon what you're going to pay which is depend upon interest rates. So and right, what you can afford. Yeah. So right now with rates being where they are, I think it's, you know, that helps buying. If they continue to drop, that'll help buying more. But I really think we're going to see a flat period here for a while. I'm not going to, I don't think we're going to see much more than a half percent interest rate increase or decrease overall in the next six to 12 months. Now, if we go into an economic slowdown, and there are harbingers of that right now, for instance, on March 22nd, we had the inverted yield curve. <laughs> <laughs> inverted yield curve. That sounds so ridiculously technical, doesn't it? But if you want to look it up, audience, go online, look it up. Every single time in the history of the United States we've ever had an inverted yield curve, we've gone into a recession within 12 to 24 months. Does that mean we're going to? No. Likelihood? High. And because we're at the end of probably we're nearing the longest economic expansion in history, we're number two at this point, and other economies, Europe, China, are slowing down. The odds are we're going to go into a slowdown, and that's when rates will drop. Most most often, can't predict that either, because when you go back to that high back in '81, we had what we called stagflation, where you had a slow economy and high rates. So, anyways, you just do your best to try to read the tea leaves and figure out what you're going to do. Okay, let's move on to some real estate news, because we want to get over to Missy here in a minute. If you've listened to my show before, you know I like to find articles by other people, and that way you can reference them if you want to. There's one by Mike Rosenberg in the Seattle Times that was published on April 5th. And the title of this one, where'd it go? I had it in front of me. Doggone it. Oh, the title of it is Relief to Seattle Area Condo Buyers as Prices Drop Amid Flood of New Units. That's quite a title for it. <laughs> <laughs> news article. It's like almost a paragraph. Up the whole page. So um, this is again. I printed this on the ninth, but it was written on the on the fifth, I believe. So I'm just going to read some of it, starting in the beginning. Local condo prices skyrocketed even faster than single home costs or apartment rents in recent years, but now a shifting condo market is offering a welcome reprieve for fatigued buyers. Bottom line is that we had a increase in condo prices that was higher than single-family homes, which is unusual for a while. But right now, because of a big influx of condos in the market, because, see, all the builders see these prices jumping, so they start building, and then there's a glut, and that's what's happening right now. So we're seeing a softening of condo prices. In fact, condo prices countywide dropped 7% in March compared to the year prior. And then, um, let's see, that was the second Biggest annual dip since uh, the mod bottom marked out in 2012. Wow. And um, that's quite a big change because you go back to spring of 2018 and prices were soaring as much as 35% a year. That's a giant shift in the direction. So um, new home, uh, single-family homes also declined year over year, which is March to March, 3%. So we're still having a slight drop in prices. And um, the question becomes... Is this going to continue? And what's it like if you're out there as a buyer right now? What's that crystal ball saying? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to flatten out. That's yeah. my gut feeling about it mm -hmm. because I think we're going to reach more of a stabilization. But this is hard stuff to predict. And I tell people, anytime you're buying a house, 
don't worry about this as much as, as people put too much emphasis on it. The main reason you're buying a house is because you want to live someplace, and it's important to you where you live, where your kids go to school, your commute, your lifestyle. And your primary objective in owning a home should be you're going to live there at least 10 years. Hmm. Because then, first of all, you don't have to worry about the ups and downs of the market because they right. even out over 10 years. Secondly, who wants to do this again? Well, that's a good point. Moving, I think, is one of the most stressful things you can do in life. That and, and exhausting. And find the house. <laughs> right, and finding the house. And talking to mortgage loan officers. Well, you know, <laughs> there's some fun ones out there like you, Greg. So yeah, well, it's, yeah. like, it's not that bad. He has, he has to say that's part of the contract. He has yes. to say things it's like an that. educational experience. Yeah. I kind of felt like looking for the house was the fun part, yeah. really. It was, uh, you know, going through all the, the paperwork of getting a loan and then, you know, the physical moving of stuff was the, the, the parts that yeah. I don't look forward to. to well, be you know, Eric, that he, you're right. Looking for a home is fun. It's just what well, hasn't been fun the last five years. Well, that's true. You no. see a lot of stuff and go, well, I can't afford that. That, that and <laughs> but it's beautiful with 10 other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, the, in the normal balanced market, looking for a home is probably one of the most fun things you can do. Okay. I would totally In agree. the last five years, it's miserable. Just because it's so heartbreaking when you make offer after offer after offer and you make pre-inspection, you pay, you know, $500, $500 for a pre-inspection, you don't get the house. Yes. But he's get, right. Yeah. But anyways, long term. So what does it really matter if you're buying a house right now? Well, I mean, it matters somewhat. I mean, obviously, you'd be preferred to buy a house today than a year ago. But if you sit around and try to predict this stuff, it's kind of like trying to predict the stock market. You'll lose out. You don't know. Right. Long term, you'll be okay. Uh, here's one comment I thought was kind of interesting, though. And this is specifically because I had a buyer that was looking in this complex. There's a complex down in Seattle near Amazon called, um, I'm trying to find I think it's called Insignia. I'm pretty sure it is. It's got 1,000 units. Unbelievable. And let's see if that, da, 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 da. well, he, one of my clients, Insignia, yeah, the Insignia Tower. So one of the people that this article um, uh, cited, she quotes that there were plenty of units available and some overpriced and they're just sitting there. She got one 10% off list price. The, the um, buyer goes on to say, you can pick the floor plan you want and the side you want, depending upon how much you can afford. The number of condos, I'm going to continue on with the article, the number of condos in the market countywide has soared 164% while sales have decreased 15%. Okay, so this is for you condo buyers out there, especially downtown ones. I've been helping this one buyer look for about the last two years, and he wanted to wait. He's a smart guy. So if you're out there, Preston, I give you kudos. <laughs> you're a smart guy. He says, I'm waiting. And right now, we're waiting, and that's good. So I should, I should tell him he should listen to my show. Then he'll hear his name on air. How exciting. Okay, <laughs> so we're moving on from real estate. I'm going to take a little blurb here and just talk about promoting myself. I haven't done that much. I talk on the show about edu I educate my clients. I bring in guests. And if you're listening to my show, I would like you to please consider contacting me for a home loan or to buy or sell your home. It's up to you. But please consider it. I'm not doing this. I do this show because I love to do it, but I'm also doing it trying to generate some business. And here's a couple things I'm willing to do for you. If you're in the midst right now of getting a home loan and you have a quote from one or two or you know, more sources, email it to me at gmckim at, at loanzilla.com. Again, that's gmckim at loanzilla.com. I'll review it for you. I'll tell you whether I think it's fair, competitive or not. And I won't try to try to talk you into working with me. I offer that as a free service. I've been doing it for years. And sometimes I find that maybe you're doing something that's perfect. I had somebody just the other day actually from the station here, and I helped him out. I said, this is great. They did a great job for you. Other times I think I find stuff that seems overpriced, seems questionable. And that's up to you whether you want to, what you want to do and go forward with it. 
Um, another thing I'm asking for today on the show, I've not done this before, and I, I would love this from my listening audience. You've been listening to the show, or maybe this is your first time. My email again, gmckim, that's G-M-C-K-I-M, at loanzilla.com, L-O-A-N-Z-I-L-L-A. If you're listening to the show, and you've listened to it before, please send me some suggestions on some of the things you'd like to hear about as a consumer, things that you have questions about, things that are important to you, or any critiques about the show. I, I, I'm more than happy to hear constructive criticism. If you want to throw a couple of bombs at me, too, I, I'll probably survive. Um, by the way, I do have podcasts. I've been airing since April 1. You can listen to prior shows at 1150kknw.com. Again, that's 1150kknw.com under audio archives. During the show, you can call in with questions at 425 373-5527. Again, that's 425-373-5527. And off-air, my phone is 206-250-6545. Again, that's 206-250-6545. And just one more plug. Missy, you've worked with me off and on now for, what, 20 years? Yes, at least. And um, do I do a good job? Oh, absolutely. Uh. Honestly, <laughs> truly one of my top three originators really you really yeah, believe that i appreciate I do. that and are we competitive when you i mean not to say anything specifically but you know how we price our loans compared to some other people are we competitive yes absolutely and extremely thorough which helps for a nice clean closing yeah we kind of know what we're doing over here. yes you do okay so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take a break we're going to come back and talk with missy about rehab loans how you can purchase a house that needs some spiffing up or maybe some really significant work and Roll, roll those costs into the loan. So you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show that covers home ownership from soup to nuts. We air each Tuesday from 3 to 4 here on 1150 AM KKNW, and we will be right back after these messages. Don't go away. American warfighters go into battle. If all goes well, they'll come home. But not everyone makes it all the way home. It's estimated that over half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD. For over 45 years, Help Heal Veterans, a not-for-profit organization, has crafted a way to help returning veterans create their way back. Help us heal vets. To learn more, visit HealVets.org. That's HealVets.org. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 30 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. 
it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. <coughs> when I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. <coughs> they're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show that covers home ownership from A to Z. We air each Tuesday from 3 to 4 here on 1150 AM KKNW. During the show, feel free to call in at 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527. And you can reach me off air at 206-250-6545 or email me at gmckim, that's G-M-C-K-I-M, at lonezilla.com. Well, my guest today is Missy Lawson with Flagstar Bank, and she's here to talk about rehabilitation loans. Now, Missy, you started in the mortgage business as a receptionist mm-hmm. in 1986, worked your way up into processing and then a loan originator. And as we talked on the f- first segment, processing for my audience is all the paperwork that goes into getting your loan from the beginning to the end and closed. And then a loan originator is a little bit more involved, mainly because they're out actually looking for business. Processor processes what comes in the door, loan officer goes out and find, finds it. Loan originator, in a lot of ways, is a salesperson. Right. And and um, they have a loan originator in this day and age, didn't when we started, but they have licensing requirements. Remember, in the old days, it was the wild, wild west. <laughs> Just about anybody who could. If you had a pulse, you could be a loan you could be, officer. Oh, it was scary. Yeah. It was scary. We could talk about some stories about what people, you know, it was awful. So um, now you're currently an account executive with Flagstar Bank. You've been with them in the past. You were with them, I remember, back in 2007. 2009. Yes. And then, of course, the mortgage industry just, you know, fell out from underneath this, you know, just hunk. Right. Ouch, it hurt. So um, an account executive for listeners is someone who calls on people like me at Loanzilla. Her job is to try and generate business from us by promoting their products, providing service, answers, doing things like this today. And she's very knowledgeable and, and been around the industry a long time. That's her job is to go out and solicit. And Here's a little bit of a background on how that works. As a consumer, you can walk straight into a bank and get money. You name it, you know, Bank of America, BECU. Or you can go through a mortgage broker, which is what Loanzilla is, and we, we have approved relationships. We have to get approved financially and some other things with various lenders who have wholesale divisions. Flagstar is one of those lenders. Now, I don't remember. Does Flagstar have a retail branch, a retail arm? We do. Is it small? Yes, it's very small. Our, our corporate office is based out of Michigan, so mm-hmm. that's where you'll see more of the retail presence. All right. A lot of wholesale lenders have small retail presences. Some don't have any at all. Um, when I was running my own mortgage company, we were approved literally 100 lenders, about yeah. 100 lenders, and some of them were Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, City Mortgage. I don't even know if those guys are doing wholesale anymore. Are they, to your knowledge? On a very limited basis. Okay, but for a while they were doing a lot of it. Now, my customers ask me, well, why would I go through you when I can go straight to Bank of America? And this is the answer, is because it doesn't mean you're going to get a better deal going straight to them, because when they give us the loan rates, 
we, they give them to us at a wholesale rate. And then we mark it up with a fee, whatever we felt like doing back then. Often we were cheaper than if you went straight to the bank. This is a whole nother conversation we're not going to get in today. But what banks often do is in order to sell against brokers, say, well, why would you go through them? Like, it's a middleman. They're going to mark it up. And as a consumer, you need to know that's not true. In fact, nope. some of the wholesale lenders we work with, I won't name them, if you go straight to their website to retail, Loanzilla charges less than them. I would believe that, yes. Because we are on the low end of things. We're not the cheapest. I don't want to be the cheapest, but we're on the low end because we want to provide value. So, Missy, we're going to talk about rehabilitation loans, and let's just jump right into your overview and how you would describe a, a rehabilitation. What is a rehab loan? Sure. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> so, one of my favorite products, truly. So, this is what we call a home-style renovation, and you can use this as a purchase or a refinance. So, if you already own the property, and I think we all know in this area with the recent housing shortage that we tend to have, that people are deciding, you know what, maybe if I just did a major remodel, we can stay in the home. And we can definitely do that. So we can do a purchase as little as 3% down. Okay. And we can then include the cost to do the remodel or whatever they plan on doing into that loan amount. It also can um, you be used to reimburse any prepaid, such as for your plans and specs, permits, digging for a well or adding if a you've septic. you put or, power in, that sort of thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. So save those receipts and you can get reimbursed for that at closing. This is available on a primary residence, second home, and investment property, which a lot of people do not lend construction loans or rehab loans, excuse me, in this case, on investment properties. There is a 12-month build. So um, I like to look at this as three different loans in one. You have your credit package, which is your income and your assets. It's basically the same as any loan, any typical refinance or purchase. And then you have your project, which is your your plans and specs of what you're going to be building or remodeling to. And that includes the description of materials all down to the lumber, the roofing, or whatever it may be. Then you have your builder approval, and that is <clears throat> a resume, and we look at how many homes they built. We look at a, a Dun & Bradstreet-type credit report, so it's not a full credit report. It just kind of gives us a score and... Um, any references. We check references. So that's your builder project. So with that, we put all that three together and it becomes one big loan. So your credit package is really no different than any other. And then you have to get your project and your builder approved. Now, if your build is 80 grand or less, mm -hmm. it's very limited on what you need on that. So you don't have an actual uh, builder approval process. It's just basically a resume and insurance. Now, you mentioned the home style. That's a name for a product, okay? That's a conforming conventional loan that's sold to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Exactly. It's sold to Fannie Mae, and it's available on to conforming loan limits, which are pretty high right now, all the way up to high balance. Okay, for you listening audience, that means you can get a loan for how much with this product? Uh, $750. I have it written down here. Seven, $759,100. That's the high balance. That's the high Again, balance. For the listeners, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They're the two biggest sources for all the mortgage money in the United States, in the world for that matter. And what they do is they have certain loan limits that they will buy from bank banks. And it's a little bit of a, of a background on this. Most lenders don't actually lend you money that they're going to keep. They don't lend you, they lend you money temporarily. They've already promised or 
or, or committed to selling that loan to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they make their money off the fees for the transaction. Now, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the two biggest, but they only go up to certain loan amounts. And right now they have a conforming loan amount, and then they have a high balance. The high balance is a slightly higher rate. because, And then after you get over high balance, you get into what's called jumbo loans, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac don't buy those from banks. Banks either sell them to other entities or keep them in their own, you know, own, own, their own portfolio, they call it. Now, there's also FHA and VA. VA doesn't do anything like this. FHA does. They have what's called a 203K. Sorry about that, you guys. 203K. But on our conver- during our conversation yesterday, Missy, you think that the home style, which is the Fannie Mae product, is better than the 203K, better than the FHA. I do. And the reason for it mm-hmm. is that once you have built equity, you can look at the lender at removing the mortgage insurance. Where on FHA, you're stuck with mortgage insurance regardless right. for life of the loan. What are, what are some of the reasons somebody would pick an FHA instead? Are there a couple of reasons? Are there well, any? In, I truly feel in this case, it's the loan officer educating the buyer because the buyer doesn't quite... I don't think they have the in-depths of why you would choose one or the other. So you really need to rely on your loan officer, and hopefully they're uh, guiding them the right way. So it would be for certain qualifications, like a non-occupant co-borrower if you need, uh, maybe a little less credit score. Okay, so a borrower, if, if a borrower doesn't fit into the homestyle product because they don't qualify, then maybe FHA is a, is a second choice. But when it comes to the actual benefits, the rates, the flexibility, the, the everything, the home style product is a better product for the consumer who can qualify for it. Would that be a... Yes. Okay, all right. Yes. And now the home style product, Freddie Mac doesn't offer anything like this? No. Okay, so it's strict. Okay. At least not that I'm right. aware of. And I, I did want to make one correction. Flagstar does not, but VA does have a construction loan. Oh, they do? They I, do. I did not know that. Very limited lenders do it, but there is, there is one out there. Okay. So let's go through... Um, Let's see. Let's go through a little bit of a scenario. Of, of Maybe you got an example of one you've done recently for somebody. Sure, absolutely. So let's just say your purchase price. So also for this um, home style renovation loan, this is another great product for a home that may not pass an appraisal or where your borrower would be able to get true con- conventional financing due to maybe a leaky roof or yeah. or safety issues around the home like, you know, the floors are rotting out on the deck or something like that. So yeah. that would make the home what we call inhabitable, which means that it has safety reasons for where we could not do financing. So you could use this loan to purchase that home and then get your improvements done within that loan. So um, and now it also in those situations, what's nice, if the home is inhabitable on this product, you can also finance up to six months PITI, which is principal and interest, interest taxes and insurance. So your monthly payment, basically. Yes. Six months. Yes. So you're not living in it, so you don't want to make the payment. So it's financed in, so you can keep your current home or, or, or rent wherever you're renting. That makes sense. Yes. So That's handy. In this scenario, I was doing a 400 sales price, and we need about 100 grand for to fix up. So we're going to have a then what we call an acquisition cost, which is the cost of the home plus your improvements to come up with a 500 and then we'll start lending off of that and we base that off of the plans and specs that we give the appraiser okay. to give us a final value okay one thing that i've dabbled in these over the years a few i and i've done a couple of custom construction loans when washington mutuals around and through washington federal i've never done a rehab one where you know it's always from the ground up starting right from the you know the grade so um i've always thought let me give you back to your example so the deck's rotted okay and let's just pretend it's going to cost ten grand to fix the deck. Is the deck going to praise out at ten grand? No. And actually, if it was just the deck, 
the improvements need to be something that's going to add value to the home. Right. And this isn't this isn't this a little bit of a rub with these sometimes? Again, let's take another example. You're going in and the carpet's you know gold shag, and you just you, and you, you can't afford five thousand, but you you also are not going to get five thousand dollars worth of value in order putting in carpet. Correct. So how often do you run into a stumbling block with this? How much it's going to cost to fix it versus what it's going to praise at when you're done fixing it? You know, if well, if it was used for the right reasons, which should be the only reason why you're doing the loan, is that you are doing actually upgrades that are going to add value because you got to have that appraisal needs to support what we're doing. Okay, here's another example. I almost bought a home about this time last year that um, was in the townhome uh, HOA complex I, I'm in for 407 It was completely trashed. Just absolutely trashed. But after I penciled the numbers and I had this gut feeling that the market wasn't going to hold, boy, I was, I was right, wasn't I? I didn't think it would pencil. All right. But um, so buy it for 407, put 100 into it. The question was, would it sell for enough to cover it? And sometimes part of the equation here is, are you getting it at a low enough price? So if you come Correct. across a home that's, see, homes that are on the market that are not in good condition have less interested buyers. And that devalues that home. So you could say that even though the if you cost you ten grand to put the deck in, you're only you're not going to get ten grand of value out of it. The idea is you're buying the house under a little bit under value anyway, because the average person, first of all, doesn't want to buy a house to do work on it. They just don't want it. It's right. just human nature. Believe me, I work with enough buyers. They don't want it. The other is that they walk into a house that looks ugly and it turns them off. They just don't get excited about it. They they all they can think about is yuck. Third is that they don't have the money come up with out of their pocket and they don't know about these loans but if so what i'm saying making sense to you mm-hmm. you're tracking with me on that does that make sense to you too eric since you're not in the business what i said makes sense to you yeah okay so even though this could be a challenge the idea of again ten thousand dollar deck isn't going to appraise out at ten thousand if you put the whole package together and then as a buyer you could say you could go back to the seller and say look i can buy this house from you you're not being, you're, you're having a problem selling it i can buy it but you got to sell to me for this You'd have a good real estate broker and a good loan originator to help you pencil this stuff out and think it through. You could potentially do that. Right. And that, I don't know. Is that is that a wild thought or is that something that makes sense? No, I you? think that would work. A little convoluted, yep. but I think it makes some sense. Yeah. And there are homes out there like this, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of them. Yeah. I mean, it's something else with this product. You can add um, you can add appliances into really? the figures. You can add a pool. You can do outbuildings. So mm. all those items. Well, I need something for my helicopter. You know, the hell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, let's. You want to talk about the purchases anymore, or talk a little bit about a refinance? Okay. So um, a little bit of the same. So a refinance would be seventy-five percent off that future value. So um, still gives you a lot of room to be able to to put your your plans together on what you want to build. Again, it could be um, for appliances. Swimming pools, which I like that idea. <laughs> uh, solar. And here you could convert energy it. You could, have it as a, you could use it as a swimming pool and an ice rink. So. Yes, exactly. You could probably you, land your helicopter in there oh, as well. Oh, yes, yeah. Eric. Very perceptive. <laughs> New windows. It, it, just, it can pretty much go all the way down to the studs if the value is there. Okay. You just cannot do a full teardown. So on, the, on a purchase, you can do it for as little as 3%. Yes. But that would not be for high balance loans. That would be for loans under the ninety-five for high balance. Okay, so up for as little five percent down. But with a refinance, you have to have at least twenty-five percent equity to make it work. Okay. And again, that value is off a of future value. Right, which makes sense. I yes. mean, so again, if your home today, as is, is worth four hundred, mm-hmm. but you could make it into a six hundred thousand dollar home, and then six hundred thousand, uh, what's that come up? Five hundred. Yep. I don't have a number in front. Yep. Of me. 
the calculator. That sounds good. All right. So you get a loan <laughs> for 500 do the work. All right. Uh, let's see. Now, you mentioned that you can do this for owner-occupied residents, mm-hmm. second homes, and investment properties. And investments, yeah. Okay, so I'm obviously with investment properties, you're going to have to put more down for purchasing. You yes, can't do 3%. Yeah, minimum 15% down. Oh, that's lower than standard investment, mm-hmm. though. It is. Is that specifically different for the home style? Because I don't know of a lender that's doing 15% investment loans right now. Um, we are. You are? Fannie and Freddie allows it. They do? Okay, uh-huh. I just... You know, Rick's the guy that does these, not me. He does a lot of this kind of thing. Okay, Rick, yeah. You know, because he works with a lot of investors yes. and, and people who flip properties. That's a group of people he works with. Really, investment properties. Now, I called you yesterday to ask about a specific situation. Yes. Where somebody wants to buy a house, and they might not qualify on their own. So their employer was willing to be a co-signer, a co-borrow, we call it. That's not allowed. Mm-mm. In either Fannie Mae or FHA, to your knowledge. Correct. Ones. Okay. So, and that's, um, but if it were a relative, they could be a co-borrower as opposed to an yes. employer? Okay. So yep. it, the, the relationship is the key. The relationship is the key. Right. So one way they could do this is if the employer could swing it, he could buy it as an investment property, do the work with an agreement to sell it to the other person down the road, but the other person have to qualify at that point. So we'd have to cross Correct. that bridge. Right. Okay. That's good to know. And for you listening out there, um, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, they have guidelines. We're getting close to a break. We'll fin- after this thought, I'll, I'll go to a break. Um, and the guidelines say, hey, we'll, we'll buy this loan from you, bank, if it meets these criteria. That's what a guideline is. Lenders often have their own guidelines layered on top of that. Higher, they might be, t- be willing to take less risk for various reasons. Don't doesn't matter right now. Too much, too wonky. But those are called overlays. According to Missy, those two things are Fannie, Freddie, Right. Fannie FHA, there's no overlays. Correct. Okay. All right. Okay, we are going to go to a break. Then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more detail. You are listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim on 1150 KKNW. We air on Tuesdays from 3 to 4. During the show, feel free to call in at 425-373-5527. You can meet, reach me, Greg, off air at 206-250-6545 or... G. McKim at LoanZilla.com. We'll be right back after these breaks. Thanks for listening. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Olivia from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous 
that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California, choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show that covers home ownership to the moon and back again. I don't know which Apollo I would pick to go on, but I think it would be the one that didn't have problems on the way back, even though they got they made it through kind of hairy. So we air each day, not really, each Tuesday, I meant to say, on 1150 KKNW at 3 during the show, feel free to call in at 425-373-5527. So my guest today is Missy Lawson with Flagstar Bank. They're one of the lenders that Loanzilla is approved with. And we're talking about rehabilitation loans. We'll call them rehabs for short. In the first segment, we discussed how and what you can do with those. For instance, you can buy a house with as little as 3% down if the house needs $100,000 to work on it. You get the plans together, you get an appraisal, and then you can finance all of that 100000 into the house. So you find a house that's listed for five hundred, it's a piece of, piece of doggy, and, and then you say, hey, I need hundred grand to make it work, but you don't have hundred grand in your pocket. Well, get all the plans together, get a builder, have an appraiser come out. He says, when it's done, or she, when it's done, it'll be worth six hundred. Now you can get a house for six hundred and three percent down. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can do the same thing with a refinance. However, then you have to have at least 25% equity to make it work. But it can pencil out. And you can do this for homes you're going to live in, homes you have as a second home, or an investment. house that you want to buy and turn into a rental. house you want to buy and try to flip make a profit off of. Correct, Missy? Yes. Help? Okay. And we can even do two, three, and four units. Oh, up to four units. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what else do you have to talk about when it comes to this product? Are we running out of stuff? Or you get, we no, stay? actually, what I would like to add is um, some people think that the complexity is too much and don't want to deal with it and mm-hmm. or that um, they need to consider a longer close period, meaning your contract to close on your purchase is usually either 30, 45 days. I would say for a renovation loan, it probably should be about 60 days. So that's the only negative. And really the the... The longest part is really the builder and the buyer putting the plans together and deciding what they want. You know, it, it goes all the way down to the coloring because yes. we need yes, a contract, yes. even though we don't need to know the color, but we need a contract. But the builder won't give us a contract until the buyer and the builder have. Yeah, that's a funny thing you comment on. I remember when I um, I bought a, a concrete 3,000 square foot. Remember when I had my office down a in shoe downtown? store. Yeah, well, partly shoe store. But I bought 3,000 square feet of empty space in downtown Bellevue to put my mortgage company in. And I remember angsting about things. It was ridiculous. I would, I would, I would go into Home Depot and, and look at the color of the, of the linoleum or the vinyl I was going to put in the, in the countertop and just angst on it for weeks. And then when I finally put it in there, I never thought about it again. But when you're buying anything, especially a house, there's enough thought. I mean, there's enough thought goes into it. But when you're having to pick out the doorknobs, it can become excruciating. Yes. I think there's an old joke in the mortgage business. 
any marriage that can survive building a house from scratch can last through can make it through anything. They say it's in the top three of the most stressful things. Building a house. Yes. So this is okay. So we don't want to turn people off from this. Idea. No, so, not at all. So that person out there who's crazy enough to do this, if you want to get a loan that is called a rehab loan, there's lots of sources. One of the sources is through Loanzilla. That's the company I work for. And then we would go to Wafet. No, Flagstar. We go Flagstar to, Bank. <laughs> we go to Flagstar Bank. Because I will help you structure the deal. Yes, of course. And not all of our lenders offer this. And if I right now had a choice, I'd go to Flagstar, even if anybody else did, just because I know that Missy knows what she's doing. They've got a good process in place, and they are competitive. Now, as your representative, I would have to, to do to my due diligence, compare it to a couple others, because you come first. This is how I've always thought in the mortgage business. My client comes first, my lender comes second, and I come third. Because if I treat those two people right, then everything will work out for me. Once I start treating those people wrong, it's all it's bad. You don't do it that way. Lenders have to have, be respected just as much as the consumer. So one of the things you mentioned in the last segment is that a person can roll as many as six months of the payment into this because it, it's going to take some time to build it, and they may be renting someplace else. Absolutely, yes. So the nice thing about that, are, so it does have to be inhabitable. So the home, can you cannot live in it. So then yes. you could do six months, up to six months. You meant uninhabitable. Right, excuse okay. me. Yeah, sorry. Meaning they cannot live in the home. Right, right. So we will allow you to finance that. It can, And again, that can include your permits, your architectural fees, anything that you've already done out of pocket to get the lot prepped for building. So if everything worked out, you literally could come in with just 3% yes. and make it work and then not have to worry for six months right. about yeah. payment. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good deal. Okay. Now, consumer, you will be paying mortgage insurance. Yes, but if you're putting less than 20% Anytime down. Anytime you put less than 20% down. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little aside here. I don't want to get off on a tangent. But one of the things that irks me in the mortgage business is the misrepresentation of things. I call them mortgage myths. And you'll know what I'm, gonna, what I'm about to say right here. If you ever hear... A lender say that they don't charge mortgage insurance, even though you're putting less than 20% down. Not true. It's there somewhere. It's built in somehow, built into the rate or something. However, jumbo lenders no longer offer borrower mortgage and paid in mortgage insurance that I'm aware of. Do you guys? We do. And it, okay. it's so it's built in, into the interest into this rate. rate. Okay, but borrower pay. Here it is. Here's what I mean, listener. When you when you put less than 20% down, the lender takes on additional risk. To mitigate that risk, they ask you to pay extra. The best way to do it is to pay borrower-paid mortgage insurance through another company, and then in about 24, after 24 months, you can apply to get rid of it. If you build into the interest rate, there are some advantages, but long-term, you're better off having a separate policy. Missy's nodding. She agrees. She's been in the business longer than me. Absolutely. Now, if there's no, if there's no choice, there's no choice. And jumbo lenders, I, when did they not... Stop doing borrower paid. Have they never done borrower paid? You know, it just depends on the lender. But so some still do borrower paid. Yes. You yeah. guys do or don't do borrower paid jumbo? We do. You do borrower paid? No, actually, no. It's only lender paid, excuse me, okay. on so, our jumbo. Okay. Yes. And by the way, the term lender paid means that it's built in the interest rate. Okay. But if somebody tells you they don't charge mortgage insurance, that's a lie. It's there somewhere. It's either built into the rate or built into the loan in some way, shape, or form, and that's just pure marketing gimmickry, and I hate it. I don't like mortgage lies. It's not being up front. Not being up front. Okay, so a couple more. Sorry to interrupt you there. I get off my I get off my soapbox sometimes. Eric smiles because he hears me do this periodically. <laughs> okay, so what, what, what else do you have there to talk about? 
So I also want to just make sure everyone knows, just don't be afraid of it. it I mean, it's a great product. We definitely, um, we can make our close dates. Um, sometimes, again, the seller has to agree to a little bit longer closing. But once you, and you can get that credit package submitted prior to your your project in place, which is nice to have that piece out of the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I I see these closing in 45 days. Okay, and then, of course, the building process takes... Yes, so then we close, and then now your loan is with Flagstar Bank, and then we do monthly draws, and we disperse to the builder to build the project, and they have 12 months to complete. The the reason that Missy's bringing this up is because the seller doesn't want to wait six months. Right. So the closing of the loan itself is important to the seller. They don't want to wait to get their house sold. If you can close in within a 45- to 60-day period, considering they probably have a piece of junk house... That's better than waiting for somebody to come along and buy cash. Now, a while back, people were buying cash houses with cash left and right, but that's 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 slowing down. Yes. The, the foreign investor with all the cash is starting to diminish. So now after the house closes, seller has their money, they're gone. Then um, you say you, you can build out, you can take the construction phase for for how many? Up to 12 months. Up to 12 months, okay. So, Usually it's six to nine months six that they're, nine months, they're yeah. complete. And it depends upon the size of the project, the weather, Yes. You know, just other things that you sometimes can't control. Now, do you do you set that up in advance, and then if you have to make adjustments, or do you just say, "Hey, you got twelve months"? Yeah. So, say you had a hundred grand in your renovation, that would be funded, released at closing, meaning it's all included, but it's set into a reserve account and distributed to the builder on a monthly basis per the draws that they submit. Right. So, what that means is that. You have you buy a house for four hundred, but you're going to do hundred thousand dollars of the of work. That hundred thousand dollars is set aside so that it has to be dispersed as it's you know, as the lender fee- sees fit. The bu- the builder will, will 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 do a certain phase, and then they'll the lender will send out an inspector and say, okay, you've finished this particular phase, which has already been um, determined in advance. Yes. And we we we, we approve of this phase. Here's your money. And they go through that for each time they, they, they do a draw. And then they, they typically, at the very last draw, they typically have the buyer and the builder both agree, at least on custom construction, that everything looks good, everything's satisfied before they cut that very last draw and let the builder go. Right, right. and your certificate of occupancy. Yes, because the county has to certify the house as in, inhabitable. You have to be able to live there. Otherwise, kind of a kind of a, a pointless exercise. Yes, because once the builder is paid, he may not respond in a timely yeah, fashion. Yeah, so you, you, it's like you just hold a little bit over, you know, a little bit of a leverage over the builder. So um, what else do you have to talk about? Just borrowers are making interest-only payments throughout the construction phase. All right. Which, that's nice, a little bit of a relief. So... Um, is the loan, amort- when it starts to amortize principal and interest, is it amortized over a 30-year period or whatever? Like if you close it today and you pay interest only for six months, are you going to amortize it over 29 and a half years? Great question. So it's actually, so if it's a six-month build, it'd be 30 year plus six months. So it'd be 366 if oh, it's a so nine-month it, so build. So when it starts to amortize, that's principal and interest payment, it starts to amortize over 30 years? Yes. Okay. Do most people do these on fixed? Do you offer arms? Yes. Okay. Um, we do offer arms on this. Most and actually, arms are starting to kind of get back in the market a little bit. All right. So we offered on a three, five, and seven-year arm also. Okay. Well, just as another But fix is the most common. What percentage of your loans are 30-year fixed right Yes, now? about 95%. Yeah, there you go. Very yeah. few people are doing arms. And so, 
Well, we are getting close to the end of the show. Is there any last minute, a little bit of of gem you want to throw out to the listening audience, Missy? So on our one-time closed construction loans, we'll go up to $3 million, which is very attractive. It works for this market. And don't be afraid to do a renovation loan. They're a lot easier than they look. Okay. And, of course, don't call Flagstar. No, you call Greg McKim. (laughs) That's right. 206 250 Six five four five. In fact, if you call Flagstar, they'll say, "What are you calling me for?" <laughs> no, actually, we will refer you to your loan officer. There you go. That's right. And um, you're listening to Home Talk next week. I don't have a guest lined up yet, but I'm thinking about maybe going back and revisiting some of the mortgage myths that I've covered on other shows. Just a little recap. I started this show on January first. The very first show was about what this show was was designed to do. The second was some mortgage myths and mistakes that people make in getting a home loan or buying a home. I've covered topics like how to buy a home, how to list and sell a home. I've talked, I've had estate planners in here, people that help you protect your credit. So if you're interested in any of those topics, what are some other ones, Eric? Do you remember? See, I had a reverse mortgage expert in. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about even building supplies well, yes, last, last week. week that yeah. was that's the one I really I, I I don't know why I'm so excited about that. That's that magnesium oxide product. Oh, nice. And if you're listening right now, if you're a builder, you got to go look at MGO Systems and look at that product. By the way, I am now going to be a distributor for them because I'm so excited about it. I don't want my audience to think I'm nuts, but I I get I think it's really really an, it's revolutionary. I wrote it down. I'm yeah. going to check MGO it out. Systems. I'm telling everybody about it because if I'm going to build a house or remodel a house, I'm going to look at putting that product into the house. And I'm talking to some builders and some friends of mine that are contractors about it right now. I thought, if I'm going to talk about it, I might as well get involved, right? So next week, I may just go back and review some of the mortgage myths and mistakes that people make on when they're either looking for a home loan or buying a home, but probably be focused more on mortgages. And for the listening audience, please note, I'm working diligently. I'm trying to get my website set up to have some tools to help you with this. I just haven't had time but that's the goal, to have tools readily available. So if you wanted to shop for home loan, you'd be able to take templates right off my website. And if you follow my rules, you will get good information and be able to make good apples-to-apples comparisons between different lenders, which, as you know, Missy, is tough. It Pe- is. People use the APR, which is garbage. Yes. And there it is, another professional supporting and verifying <laughs> that ABR should, should be outlawed. It's so bad. So I'm not quite sure if I'm going to have a guest next week, but I will be talking about some things that I think will be beneficial. Again, I ask if you're listening to my show, feel free to comment. Send me emails with content you'd like to see at gmckim at loanzilla.com. Thank you very, very much for listening. I hope you have a great week. See you next week.